hey, 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 we are back with another episode of Dialogue Heavily Heavy with yours truly, Michael Anthony McMillan. So tonight we are reading another section of God Bless the Girls, in particular, chapter seven, eight and nine. So to catch up just a little bit, we are following Sarah Overcast, a endurance runner who, after a night of binge drinking, wakes up in a basement chained to the floor. And after some time, and after their abductors have came down and went back upstairs a few times, she realizes that there's three other girls in the same basement with her. One named Boston, one named Terry, and one named Susie. Now, Sarah Overcast, our main character, is trying to figure out if there's any link between her and the girls. And between that and her hazy memory because of the drinking, she's trying to figure out just what the hell happened. She keeps on getting these vague thoughts in her head about the party from the night before, but everything is like really, you know, discombobulated. She doesn't really know what's going on. So she keeps on asking these girls these questions and they're annoyed and pissed off because they've been down there longer than her. Um, All these girls also have been taken from different states. So there's no connection to them. There's no, for them, there's no six degrees of separation. And, um, but Sarah is implicit. She is consistent and persistent on trying to figure out what the hell happened and how did they got, how did they get from three different states and, and, and different parts of the states into one room in one house in one basement in the dark. In the last couple of chapters, um, she was reviewing her memory, her very bad memory of the night before. And she went to a party where um, a bunch of high school kids were at. And when she went outside with Mark after messing around inside of the party, she went outside with her best friend and she saw these shoes. The shoes are important because um, these are the same shoes that while the abductors have came downstairs and brought Terry upstairs to do ungodly things to her, Sarah recognized those shoes at the party. She's trying to find out how they um, connect to each other And that's kind of where we left off. So we're going to go ahead and get into it right now. Chapter seven, eight and nine of God Bless the Girls. And um, we'll go from there. So without further ado, I bring to you God Bless the Girls. And remember, as always, anything as far as right now, anything that's written or recited on this podcast was created and written by Michael Anthony McMillan. Chapter seven. Hey, Boston, I whispered. She didn't answer me. Neither did anyone, anybody else in the room. Psst, Boston. What? Boston finally said. How long have you been in here? How the hell am I supposed to know? We can't see shit. She had a good point, And I felt dumb for asking, but I needed to find some sort of pattern or reference point or something. Um, Terry, are you awake? Don't fuck with her, Sarah, Boston said. She's been through enough today. I just wanted to. I said shut the fuck up. Terry moaned. What, stupid? You got another conspiracy theory that won't get us any closer to getting out of here? Terry's voice sounded different, like she had gauze in her mouth or something. I don't know, I said. Spit it out, Sarah. Okay, um, which football game were you at when they took you? Now, why the hell does that matter, Boston interjected. It's fine, Terry said. I can't take this shit anymore. I have to get out of here. My husband and I were at the Rams-Bucks game. Damn, I thought. 
That really didn't help any. Well, Boston says in a sarcastic tone, um, who are the Bucks again? Jesus Christ, the Bucks? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Terry said. Oh, the Buccaneers. Right. I still had no idea who they were talking about, but I couldn't tell them at that point. They sounded as though they wanted to lynch me as it is. The defending Super Bowl champions? Oh, yeah, I thought. Now I knew who they were talking about. I didn't know the team much, but I've always watched that Tom Brady guy. I mean, he's hot. But I've always loved his winner's mentality and dedication to doing the little things in preparation for a game. I took the same approach as well when it came to my running. I have a knack for it, sure, but it's all the physical therapy and massages, my diet and consistently throughout the season that made me way better than everybody else on the day. So my dad and I had never had a ton in common. And the only thing he loved in this life was football. So with me leaving soon, he was always looking to find ways to hang out. He knew I had a crush on Tom. So anytime he was playing, my dad made me sit down with him in the living room and watch the game from beginning to end. That was his idea of bonding time. Terry, I said, shh, said somebody else. Sorry. Um, you've been here for 10 days. How do you know that? Terry asked. Because today is Wednesday the 6th and my dad made me watch that same game the Sunday before last. Terry, Terry started to cry. They're never going to let us out of here, are they? No, they won't, Susie whispered. That means I've been in here for 24 days. I gasped before I knew what was coming out of my mouth, probably making things worse. It was the night after our big sales pitch to Coca-Cola, Susie said. And we were... And we were celebrating because we'd landed them. We went to a restaurant called Chubby's that the city locals had been referring to us all week. And since it was our last night in Louisiana, we thought, why not? They're playing just about every game in the league in there, too. And I was paying attention to the Buffs game, but I was watching it for the drama. See, it was the first time Tom Brady was playing against his longtime head coach from his previous team at the stadium that he used that used to love and cheer his name every night. It was coming down to the wire, and with seconds left in the fourth quarter, Tom and his new team had the ball in scoring position, but they had called a timeout. So I took advantage and tried to run to the bathroom during the commercial break. I usually, I usually never go to the restroom by myself in foreign places, but Helen, the only other uh, woman with us, was outside flirting with one of the busboys, so I just ran in. Long story short, Seconds later, I find myself sitting on the toilet, draining my bladder and hearing steps coming down the hallway outside. I remember being a little bit spooked because they were slow and deliberate, like in the horror films. The girl's restroom door opened and I peered out that little slit in between the door and the stall, but I couldn't see much. But I did notice that whoever it was out there was wearing black pants and a black shirt. In my subconscious, I was relieved because from the back, she looked like the waitress that had been serving us all night. So I said to my, so I said, crazy game tonight, huh? But the figure didn't answer me. That freaked me out. Hello? I said, are you okay? Then out of nowhere, a female voice started to laugh. Well, now I'm terrified. Then being terrified turned into anger and I decided I'd just bust the fuck out of there, right? She was the only girl and I really, and really all I had to do was get to the door. 
I wiped and like an idiot flushed, letting them know that I was coming out. And as soon as I opened the stall door, I saw two other people that I didn't notice before. One of them was tall and thin and the other one short and stocky, but both of them blocking my only exit. Them two were covered head to toe in black with ski masks. The tall one shut off the lights and before I could scream, they were all over me. They had to have taken me out of the back door because I remember noticing when we entered the restaurant earlier that night, the hallway leading to the restaurant was very, very long. And even in my hazy state after they chloroformed me, felt like I was in the restroom one second and then the back of their van the next. Van, I said. How do you know it was a van that they took you in? Because I bit the fuck out of them, said Susie, as they were carrying me to it. And when they when he dropped me, the knapsack, when they dropped me, the knapsack they put on my head slipped off. Did you see the color? The make or model? Not really. I was pretty much out. I do know it was old school though. I had the extra tire with the with the back with the ladder on the back. I remember something like that too, said Boston. Me too, said Terry. So they drive all over the country taking women in public. That doesn't make sense. Oh really? Boston said. They took you like that, didn't they? Yeah, but there's something missing. There has to be something that we all have in common or anything that might be similar in accordance to the places they took us from, right? Look, Sherlock, said Boston. There is no pattern or special story here. The dickheads did what they wanted to because they could. Just shut up with all the scenarios and analogies. Why, Boston? Terry managed to mumble out in between sniffles. At least she's trying. She's just getting your hopes up to fail you again. Look, I'll prove it. Say she does find out some crazy reason why the fucking faggots kidnapped us. Then what? Huh? After that, we're still here. I hated to admit it at the time, but Boston had a point. And no, I wasn't a Sherlock's Hol Sherlock Holmes per se, but something in me needed to know. Something in me knew that the more I knew, the better chances I had in getting us out of there. Chapter 8 Back at the party when Mark and I came back inside from chucking Jeremy's shoes over the fence, I noticed Denise and Claire weren't there anymore. I didn't care much, but I was sure that Mark was stoked. I was looking to get a little separation from Mark and his advances, so when I saw Jeremy chatting with Jessica, I decided to hang with them for a while. Jessica, who was adorable, was Jeremy's on-again, off-again girlfriend, who was just about as sweet as they come. She was like a character in a movie the way that she seemed to always be dressed in the perfect attire for every situation and she was also super competitive a super competitive chick which was right up my alley so when Jeremy asked if we all wanted to play a game of twister I was first to offer up my limbs by time Mark came back in 10 minutes by time Mark came back later with fresh alcohol for us to drink it was only Jessica and myself left standing or squatting or whatever positions we were in covered in sweat Jessica sweat to be exact. The boys were laughing and smirking, but I can tell they were more interested in the young womanly flesh that was being exposed rather than the comedy aspect of it all. I had my left foot on red, my right foot on green, my right hand on yellow, and my left hand 
on another red, which damn near made me the first ever human pretzel. Jessica, Jessica wasn't that far off either. All right, Sarah's turn, Jeremy said as he spent the directional theme. Please, please, I thought, just not another green. Left hand yellow, Jerry shout, uh, sounded off. Thank God, I said. That would untie me and also put Jessica in the near in a, in a near purgatory position of holding her weight upside down like she was doing a somersault but having to hold it halfway. I had to make my way under Jessica's butt, but I didn't mind as long as I won. And I moved into position easily, but what I hadn't accounted for was the pool of sweat Jessica had been... A pool of sweat Jessica had had waiting for me on my color. Shit! I said aloud as I put my hand down and was slipping. I can feel my hand slowly sliding out of my comfort area grip. No! I yelled. Then finally, I slipped and landed face first into Jessica's hot, salty sweat. Oh! Mark and Jeremy yelled and grimaced as they saw me damn near drink Jessica's sour secretion. Jessica got up and jumped up and down and grunted like she had been like she had killed an animal for food in the forest. Hell yeah, she said. Fuck yeah, she said again. She high-fived Mark, then Jeremy twirled her around in the air and kissed her like they had won the fucking lottery. I was bitter, for sure. I wasn't used to losing, but they didn't have to celebrate like that. Mark thought he'd be my consolation prize and tried to pick me up off the polka dotted mat, but I shoved him off me. Hey, what's wrong with you? Nothing. I walked over to the snacks table to lick my sweaty wounds and grab the beer. That's when Johnny, a really, a real mellow but awkward kid that I have had in at least one class every year since sixth grade came over to me. Johnny was never ever really invited to any of the parties but at every single one of them you look around and there he was in the refrigerator killing off leftovers or out back smoking by the pool by himself he was weird like that cool but weird close game johnny said as he grabbed a handful of flaming hot cheetos and took them down all at once yeah i said as i looked over at princess jessica like a boxer in the corner ready to go out for our next round you want to shoot? Johnny said. What? And I looked at him crazy. Shoot. Like a beer. Oh, I said. I don't know. I'm buzzed enough. Come on, he said. Before he slapped my back so hard it was almost domestic if I, d- domestic violence. Don't be a pussy. Damn it. I thought. Now I got to do it. Now you call me insanely competitive or drunk looking to get more twisted, but you will never call me a pussy and get away with it. Where does it come from? I don't know. Let's just say I'm the youngest sibling and the only girl with a bunch of maniac for brothers. Fuck it, I said. Let's do it. We grabbed two beers, turned them upside down and punctured a hole in them with our keys. Then we turned them upright and covered the holes with our mouths. Then with the other hand, we opened the tab and the floodgates. The pressure or air of the whole thing makes you down a 12 ounce can of beer in about 0.5 seconds. Well, that or you you let it spill all over you. Then burp about the loudest Homer Homer Simpson burp you've ever done in your life. Johnny burped and laughed and so did I. 
I saw Mark look look over at me disappointed, but I didn't care. Then boom, just like that, I was off to another dimension. My body had had enough of my bullshit that night. And I know that because I was sure I was standing. But it felt like the basement floor was coming from under me and the room was spinning like a merry-go-round. Johnny walked off to go do whatever the hell he does, and I stumbled my drunk ass around, around barely finding my way over to the closest chair. Then, as my spins started to get worse, Josh brought his gorgeous self downstairs with a few guys that I don't think I've ever met before. They came over to the snack table that I was guarding, and Josh noticed me hash half hunched over hey sari are you okay who me i said i'm peachy and i was but as you know that's what true drunks say exactly when they've had too much then the two other dickheads josh was with started laughing at me well i take that back one of them was and the other the one of them was one of them anyway the other one behind the jerk laughing was quiet but like too quiet. And I couldn't make out of his I couldn't make out his face because it wouldn't stop spinning long enough for me to catch up to it. Who fuck I hiccuped. Excuse me. Who the fuck you laughing at? Sarah, take it easy, Josh said, then ran over to the cooler and grabbed me another bottle of water as I eyed his two friends. Here, sip this slow, okay? Okay. I smiled at Josh, then poked my tongue at his friends. Stop, Sarah, Josh said. Then Josh put his arms around the jerk one, and I was immediately jealous. This is my brother, Sam. This is my brother, Sam, Sarah, and his buddy, Gore. Gore, I said, as I squinted my eyes and failed to see if he was cute or not. What kind of name is that? Both Josh and Sam laughed, but Gore didn't. He just stared into me with these very hypnotizing auburn eyes that looked like they held some sadness behind him he was weird too the big guy i didn't know if he thought i was cute or he was sizing me up for a scuffle but something was off about him for sure gore's his nickname after that sam and gore grabbed the beer and walked upstairs i watched them go and realized that old mr gore had a nice body on him From what I can see, anyway. Why do they call him Gore? I drunkenly asked. I don't know. I think they said it's from wrestling. The way he just plows through his opponents on the mat. Mat? I said, finishing my water. Yeah, he and my brother wrestle at the University of Texas. Chapter 9. Gore. I thought as I opened my eyes to the same darkness in the basement. Could this be the same guy from the party? Could asshole be Gore? Could Gore be this asshole? I don't know, but the wrestling thing was a hell of a coincidence. Damn it. Why did I have to get so shit-faced that I couldn't remember his face? I guess I still wouldn't be able to match the two because I hadn't seen the asshole's face yet, but at least if I had, I'd be able to call it or rule him out. Hey, girls, I said, have any of you guys seen these dudes' faces? No, Boston said. Nope, Susie said. Not really, Terry said. 
but you can find, but you kind, but you can kind of see the silhouettes in the light when you're upstairs. No, you can't, Boston said. They blindfold you, then put a knapsack over your head. Okay, all right, I said. Have you noticed if they have any kind of routine? No. But, Terry said, I do think that the short, stocky one lives here. Why is that? Because he's the one that feeds us and takes us to the restroom. Can you smell him? Smell him? Boston said. Why the hell does that matter? Actually, yeah, Susie interrupted. I noticed the days when they take us up there to rape us, he smells the, he smells the freshest, but any other time he reeks of sweat. My stomach turned just at just how casually she said that word. And also, Susie continued, I'm pretty sure it's daytime when they take us up there for our return. It could be that or the room is highly lit, but it feels like daytime. Okay, I thought. That's some decent tidbits, but I wonder what else I can get them to remember if I pried a little deeper. But, as always, Boston rained on my parade. You got enough clues, detective? None of this shit is going to help. Oh, I ignored Boston. When he takes you upstairs to do your business, does he say anything? Does he talk to you? No, not really, Terry said. Uh-uh, said Susie. Of course not, idiot, said Boston. Wait, Susie said. He does sing, though, or hums, or kind of does both. Now that, Boston said, I remember. Me too, Terry said. And it's always the same song. This, um, how, how does it go again? Um, Sandman, Mr. Sandman. Shh, Boston said. But she's right. It's, it, it's Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman, I said. Yeah, you know, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. My silence tipped into my negligence. So one by one, they started to sing in a hushed tone. Make her the cutest that I've ever seen. Give her two lips like roses and clover. And tell her that her lonely nights are over, Mr. Sandman. I'm so alone. Don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Wow, I thought. That's a nice song. Then my second thought was that asshole or gore was probably a lonely guy. Hmm. Don't get me wrong. I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten. He's a piece of shit for taking women against their will, and I would. I wouldn't piss on him and feels on fire for what he's done, but I thought there might be something more there. Something that I can maybe speak to in his heart to make him feel sorry for me, and possibly let me go. I would have to figure it out before the time comes, because if I was forced to do the actions that those girls did. I truly don't know if I could live with myself afterwards. I have to have something in place that if he ever took me out of this basement for any reason at all, and we were alone, it would have to be the last time I was down there. I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to do it, but I thought maybe, just maybe, Mr. Sandman could be my ticket out. All right, guys, that's it. Chapter 7, 8, and 9 of God Bless the Girls.
it's an interesting one it's crazy how these clues kind of start to come together they come disparagingly they come like out of whack and and stuff like that that's part of it being a uh first draft but i have to say i like how it how how it all comes together in the process of writing this stuff um every day i was just putting sarah into a new corner and <laughs> didn't know what was going to happen next but um i love this stuff man i love how it comes together and it's going to get even more deeper and go down an even further and further rabbit hole so i hope that you like this episode as well I think that it's pretty safe to say that I can do maybe four or five chapters at a time because I'm only reaching about the 25 minute mark right now on here. So I think next week we'll do chapters 10 through 14 or possibly chapters 10 through 15. And uh, we'll just continue to go from there. But it's going to get deep and it's going to get weird and it's going to get crazy. And these girls are going to have to do some strange stuff. And Sarah in particular is going to have to go through some strange stuff. And it's going to be good, man. So, you know. As always, you can leave me a comment on now the 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 handle on Instagram, and I'm probably try to keep it at this for a long time. Michael the Grio um, on Instagram. My email is mzzackmizak199 at gmail dot com, and um, I'll keep you posted on everything, man. So thanks again to all the people that write me and tell me that they like my stuff and how interesting it is and everything. I, that's really things that I can, you know, I can vibe off of and, and, and gives me great um, motivation to continue to do what I do. I'm going to do it anyway because I, I really do feel like it's my life's purpose. But um, but I, I, I thank you guys for congratulating me on the success of the podcast thus far. And, you know, it'd be great, you know, if you guys could, you know, share this with other people. Hopefully they like it, too. Who knows? I don't even know if you like it. But if you're getting to this, we're looking like we're getting quite a bit of views on each uh, section of God Bless the Girls. And um, I just appreciate it, man. I can't even believe that this is happening the way that it's happening and people are uh, responding to it the way that they are. So thanks again for listening. Uh, This is Michael Anthony McMillan with Dialogue Heavy, and I will catch you on the next episode. God bless the girls!